Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Haberman and Middlecoff. I'm Guy, and that's John, and this is our YouTube channel and our podcast. If you're watching the YouTube channel, you can take us to go. I mean, you can do that with YouTube, too. It's all on your phone. Uh, but if you want to listen to it, it's a podcast down in the description below. Or if you're listening and you want to watch and see what we look like, you can check out the YouTube link, which is in the podcast description. Should we give our uh, Tito's toast to uh, another John? <laughs> uh, yeah, fire away. A Tito's toast, John, to our good buddy. For those of you not maybe in the Bay Area market or maybe you're not a Niner fan who follows Niner coverage, our friend, we go way back, very smart guy. I saw a lot of Raider games back in the day as well. A lot of Raider games. Just a gr- an old school grinder with a new school, just smart brain mentality. Our buddy, John Dickinson. I raise a Tito's toast to J.D., who announced on X on Monday that he was leaving his radio job at one radio station, and he has yet to announce his future destination. But from what I understand, news of that is coming shortly. So to J.D. for betting on himself and uh, for making himself in demand, whatever that means, I don't know, John. But a Tito's had, had to do had to do another radio station, correct? John Dickens. I I uh, KMCI. I, I, I <laughs> Camel Country one hundred and eight. Uh, keep an eye on a man on the move. Man, man on, on the, the move. move. Yep. So uh, a Tito's, and we know we know one thing about our boy JD John Dickinson. John Dickinson, he loves himself a Tito's. Oh, Tito's yeah. handmade Tito's and soda. You know, no, no calories. That Tito's and soda. In Walnut Creek, rooftop bar. You can buy him one there. Maybe he'll buy you one. JD, I once went out with JD late. This is years ago. Years ago. I don't know. Maybe you were there. Maybe you, I don't remember. But uh, I don't remember a lot from that night other than he didn't let me. Related people said guy could not stay in the apartment and I had to sleep in the car in the parking garage <laughs> until I woke up around 5 a.m. and headed home. So uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's Original Craft Vodka, 
Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Raise one to a friend. Have it in your home when friends come over. Take it over to a friend's house as you're a guest. You'll be a great guest. Tito. Here's what I know in the, the streets of Walnut Creek. And before I I left the street, the mean streets of Creek, I, I ventured over a decent amount to the Danville area. A mm. lot of Tito's mm. <laughs> is consumed in that kind of like 20, 30, even, even up to Pleasanton. Uh, Castlewood, great country club, had a short lift stint there. A lot of Tito's there as well. So that Pleasanton to Walnut Creek stretch, there is a good amount of Tito's alcohol getting consumed yeah. on the I, uh, on the old what freeway is it? Six eighty, six eighty, thirteen. No, it's just six eighty going from like Walnut Creek to Pleasanton to gotcha. or Danville, Pleasanton down to you know work your way down toward uh, old Jed. You know, down you got to cut across. Kind of a pain, but yeah. Uh, Justin on the stream, Danville resident here. Tito's is a hit at all the bars. I went to the St. Mary's basketball game on Monday night. Shout out to our buddy Ryan Reggiani who got me courtside seats. Uh, sitting next to Randy Bennett's wife, lovely. Had a nice time chatting with her. And uh, who are they playing? Utah. Oh, big game, sellout. Big, I mean, sellout. It's a small gym, but good crowd. They have multiple hangout areas. And guess who I bumped into on the patio? Uh, you know the answer. Bob Mel, Bob Mel, oh Matt Mayoko, Matt, Matt Mayoko, Matt Mayoko was there, and then Ryan took me to the other VIP area, and then the other they got like three VIP areas. He just gave me a tour. A lot of Tito's being ordered at those bars. A lot of bartenders slanging Tito's. Who won? Utah. That's Santa Clara. Not as good this year. St. Mary's. Oh, excuse me, St. Mary's. Three and four now. Ah, oh, so, shit. That's a bad. I mean, that's yeah. usually they're Journey like gone. Aren't they usually like 30 and four and two of the losses are to the Zags? I mean, that's... yeah, they scheduled tough. They lost to Xavier. <laughs> they had to lose a lot of people because last year was one of their better teams, right? Last yeah. couple of years. Yep. So never don't sleep on Randy Bennett. That little guy, little bald guy, just got a little edge to him. Always. always oh, yeah. Randy. I believe he'll, he'll find a way, John. I believe in him. Anyway. <laughs> what did Mayoko say? Uh, I didn't really. Th- we didn't talk about football. I wish I, I <laughs> in hindsight, I was like, I should have. Interviewed Matt Mayoko while he was drinking an IPA on the patio, but um, we didn't talk about football. I mean, can you everywhere that guy goes, he goes to a lot of those games. How did the? It, it had to be one thing during some of those Chip Kelly, you know, Mike Nolan era. But when the team is good, yeah, I wonder if it's actually more exhausting because he knows, like, when they suck, like, who? What are we going to do? Every, it's easy to shit on. Them. It's like, do I really have to answer eight questions about Purdy, Debo, Trent Williams' status? Kyle Shanahan's relationship with Steve Wilkes is actually more complicated because people have like really want to know, like, are we good enough? What's the deal, man? Steve yeah. Wilkes, like, is he good at what, what are we going to do? Like, what are other options if it doesn't work out? Trent Williams, if he retires, like what's our next pitch, Matt? Right. Well, are we going to rotate guards? Yeah. I mean, what is Drake Jackson a bust? Like, are we, is we going to resign chase or what are we going to do with Ayuk's future? It's like, you're asking like macro, micro people. Everyone just knows everything about all the different angles, but you know, yeah. so much about all the individual. When your team sucks, you're just like, get rid of everybody. When your team's good, you know, like the contract status of like your third wide receiver. Like, are we really going to restrict a free agency? You think we're going to put a second round tender on Juwan? Or well, what uh, do you see more? with Danny Gray, Matt? You see anything with Danny Gray? Could he replace well, exactly. Brandon Ayuk? No, like maybe, no maybe maybe you have a take on one of the guys. Does that guy still exist? I haven't thought about him in a while. He does walk the planet currently, yes. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel Gray. Uh, that one, uh, in fairness, John, remember we talked to him on the sideline, was very excited about the trio of 
Drake Jackson, Ty Davis Price, Danny Gray. Yeah. And in fairness, there was a lot to be excited about with that little group. Like, wait, this guy from went to LSU, ran for like 700 yards against Florida? Wait, this Danny Gray guy runs a 4-4, breaks tackles and blocks? And Drake Jackson has all this talent? It was all Clay Helton's fault? Turns out, hey, we're still good, whatever. That's right. <laughs> no one really cares you, about draft picks. What's the, you know how um, uh, Dave Chappelle lives in like some small town in Ohio and like nobody bothers him? Like everyone just treats him like normal Dave? Is that's that why really he likes true? living there. I doubt it. But you, you, I mean, that's the thing. He says he lives there. It kind of felt like, you know, they protect Dave, like Dave's their own. That's how it felt at St. Mary's with Mayoka. Like, you know, people kind of understand, like we're not, Matt's not here to do his 49ers podcast. Matt's here to drink, to drink a beer and uh, watch a basketball game and yell at the refs. We build this program to beat Gonzaga, and Matt Mayoko's part right. of that. Matt Mayoko's a part of that. I didn't see him in the 25000 and up donor lounge, but um, then again, I was there, and I didn't donate 25000 bucks <laughs> to St. Mary's. So. <clears throat> How many people were in that donor land, lounge? Uh, uh, I felt like uh, 40. Nice little – it's like behind one of the baskets, glass, just overlooking the court. What do you think the equivalent? Because obviously St. Mary's a basketball school. Like, what does that that version of like Kentucky or North Carolina look like? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's got to be yeah, just I mean, outrageous. I think Kansas. Louisville has a really nice s- setup at their arena, like behind, like a luxury area behind, kind of the, on the floor, kind of but back. I've been to K- KU's arena. It's fucking massive. I mean, it's like an NBA. It's what do you yeah, think I think it's, it's like eighteen thousand. Yeah, it's huge. I think North Carolina is 24. North Carolina is very big. Because I remember somebody telling me last year who knew Roy Williams. He's like, you know, Roy had to go to North Carolina, but I think he always missed walking the sidelines of Kansas. He's like, the atmosphere at Kansas is just unmatched. Well, sometimes if you get the, you know, TV doesn't, I've never been there, obviously, but TV makes it feel a little bit bigger than it actually is. I, I think people say the Duke arena is not big. I went. I didn't go for a game, but I went on a tour there one time because the Fresno State women's basketball team was playing at uh, North Carolina, so we went on a tour at Duke. And uh, it was, was, that, very was that when they had, was that when they had the coach slinging uh, SAT scores to the to his recruits? Adrian, that was a bad deal, man. Uh, <laughs> coach Wiggins didn't deserve what he got. I don't. I don't judge. I don't judge. Yeah, he's back. I, I, uh, I think he's coaching the Clovis East. I saw him not maybe a year or two ago. Great guy. Fresno like, always draws you back. You know? It does, John. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we got today? Um, you know, one thing we talk about, we thought we'd talk about with Shanahan, and Frank on the stream says, so a Week 12 game is a big moment for a coach who's been to three NFC Championship games in a Super Bowl? Hmm. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what this game represents for old Kyle Shanahan. What's big about it? Besides, would suck for him to lose to Nick Sirianni in a big spot. Well, he loses to Nick Sirianni. You, you know for a fact the one seed is gone, right? Would we all acknowledge that? Yep. You know, the Eagles can legitimately clinch a playoff berth with a win this weekend. I saw a headline. But I, I think unofficially, like, the one seed would be theirs because they would still have a multiple game. They would be then in the same situation the following week against the Cowboys, right, where even if Dallas beats them, who gives a shit? That game would truly mean nothing to Philly. I would say if Philly wins this game, the following week in Dallas, you could, like, rest starters just to, like, take a bye week in early December. <laughs> like Honestly, you could take a deep breath. This game, it's not even arguable that it's more important to the 49ers. 
They're the more desperate team, given their record. They're the their team is much w- more well rested, given that they played on Thursday in, for the most part, beside one quarter, a relatively easy game. Uh, they're fully healthy. The Eagles are just played two knockdown dragouts against. I, I know the Bills are a weird six and sixteen because it's hard to watch the Bills when Josh is like that and be like. <laughs> If the Bills weren't playing like the Eagles, the Niners, or the Chiefs that day, does anyone else beat them the way Josh was playing? I mean, they win that game. I mean, that's to, to win that game against a player like that. Someone DM yeah, me like, I mean, would you would you think about trading Josh Allen this offseason if you could get a bigger haul than what they got for Russell Wilson? I'm like, I don't think there's any amount you could trade me for Josh Allen. That w- My whole goal would be to find Josh Allen. So, like, Let's say the Bears were like, we'll give you pick one, we'll give you pick six, we'll give you two more ones. You'd be like, no, I'd rather just have Josh Allen than all that. Yeah, your goal would be to stabilize <laughs> his offensive coordinator and his I mean, that would be the he's had two offense, right? That's if you're gonna try and make fixes, you would do it other places, but you spend yeah, your like, whole career looking for Josh Allen. Yeah, and like his cap hit, I think next year goes like 18 to almost 50. It's like, yeah, he's the level of player where you just restructure and keep kicking the can down the road. Like you don't right. care. But my point is like that was really impressive, right, for them to win that game, even more than Kansas City, right, because Kansas City was dropping the ball left and right. Like the Niners a couple weeks ago, I guess it was a little longer than that now, faced a quarterback that just felt like, holy shit, this guy fucking is on in Burrow, and they kind of eviscerated the Niners. Right. So, I mean, it's just, to me, this is a moment coming off the extra rest, and those three days are pretty big, especially when you factored in that they just played on Monday night. Like, it. It is a massive advantage. And to me, it's just a big moment for Kyle Shanahan. Like, you're seeing these ratings come out. The, the, the number, I mean, there are going to be 30 million people watching this game. Like, this is easily not just on paper, but if it is just semi-close, it, it, the amount of people that are going to be dialed in on this with opinions based on what we see, fans, every human being watching it is going to be high. Like, I'm sorry, you lose – we can say what we want, make fun of Nick Sirianni. The dude just keeps winning. I, th- this is very, very important. I, I especially what happened last year. The players, you know, it's not like Debo back down from his comments. Like your team is is healthy. Like you should. They're favored for a reason. Like they they should win this game when you factor in over the last two weeks. Right, Niners got healthy. They got more breaks. This team played in a gauntlet two weeks. Leaking oil just in terms of rest and shit coming into the game. Like you should win. Sirianni's sleeping in the office. Kyle's fucking, you know, at Big Sur probably with his family. Like this, I, I, I and listen, it's not going to determine the season, but it would be a pretty big blow to lose this game. I, I would say you're, you don't you're, have to blow them out or anything, but just, <laughs> just win the game by one point. And honestly, that would be the most impressive thing. I, I would find more if you're like, God, the Niners were down six. Going in the fourth quarter and they, they won by they won by five. But right. God, they finally figured out how to do that. More yeah, on than- one hand, you'd say, oh, to get a get a seven point lead, and then you know it looks like the Seattle game, which is you know people the Seattle game easy to forget was a one score game going into the fourth quarter, and then Kittle scores, and then you score again, and you you know you comfortably win that game. Um, it was twenty four three at half, right? Twenty the Seahawks Niner game. You're talking on Thursday night. Yeah, on Thursday night. Yeah. What what was, what was the halftime score? Uh, was it twenty four to three? Twenty one. I mean, they scored a couple. I mean, it was twenty. It was twenty. What was it? Twenty four seventeen at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I think. 
pull up the box score. Maybe tell me if I'm wrong. It was 24 to three and a half. And then they scored 10 quick in the third quarter. And so it was 24 to 13. And it 24. felt, I mean, they, they had all the momentum. The Niners were doing anything. But again, 24 to three and a half. field goal to make it 24 16? Uh, no, they didn't. The okay. final score was 31 to three. So that's a the final score was what? Well, well, when Purdy threw the touchdown, it was 24 to 13. Purdy throws the touchdown yeah. to IU because 31 to 13. Seattle never did anything. Sorry, I'm talking about the playoff game with Seattle last year. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I, yeah. I rewatched that game this morning. Um, that game was, okay. and it felt like a domination and Brock threw for 330 and blah, blah, blah. But it was, you, I think you were, de- might have been down at the half, close you to were. the half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it like 15 to 13 or something? Yeah, exactly. So, um, We've seen that game. Eight, we've seen that game a hundred times. We have not. Purdy was a little. Purdy was a little weird early in that game, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, <laughs> I went back and watched the whole thing today. Like the first ball he threw in the rain was a dead duck, and then Kyle called another throw and he threw it down the hash and hit Ayuk, and I was like, okay, well. Um, but he missed some throws. He almost threw a couple picks over the middle of the field in that game. But he also, in the, you know, what else he did in that game? Threw two touchdowns where he had to like get out of trouble. And then on the move, find a running back. He hit McCaffrey for one. He hit Elijah Mitchell for another one. Didn't he have a play in that game where he did like a couple 360s and like rolled left? I mean, it was kind of That was the game where he had some terrifying roll left and then like frame up on the the sideline just to make sure that whoever was chasing him had a free shot of his sternum and then like throw the ball 40 yards down the field out of bounds. Um Reed Blankenship, Kevin Byer, James Bradbury, Darius Slay all played 95 snaps against the Bills. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, Hassan Reddick played 87 and 83. Josh Sweat played 81. Jalen Carter played 76. Jordan Davis played 62 snaps. This is after a Monday night football game against the champs. In which I think they played like, I can go back and tell you, I think it was like 74 snaps. Let me see here. The week before, Max, against Kansas City. Read all those guys that I just said played 95, played 79 the week before. Hassan Reddick played 68 snaps two weeks ago and then played 83 snaps against the Bills. I was uh, at the gym today and I saw, you know, one of the TVs. I always think it's YouTube, but I guess it's on ESPN2 now. McAfee and Lombardi was on, so I just clicked it on my phone. And he had a point, like how he didn't know the exact stat numbers. He just knew it was a lot, the overtime game. And now when you factor that in, you're talking 150 snaps for some of these guys. And the Darius Slay is an older player, right? Yeah, Jalen Carter's a rookie, but some of the buyers, you know, this guy's over 30. So how, how do you, he, his point was like, Sirianni, how do you really practice this week? Does this turn into more of a walkthrough? Because you can't, you're vet, I mean, they're a veteran team, right? Kelsey's yeah. old. Lane Johnson was injured last week. Brandon Graham's old, Fletcher Cox old, and some of those guys. I mean, Fletcher Lane Johnson injured. Did you yeah, say that? And, yeah, I said it. Yeah, oh, Byard's old. Uh, Slay Bradbury, older players. I I wonder if their practices this week are much more of a glorified walk. Just in fairness to human beings, like I mean, if I was if Kyle was in that situation, you cannot just run a normal practice. And this is like what it takes. To they've already defense against this team too. Yeah, so I tackling required on the outside if you're a DB, right? Honestly, I, I don't think I'm speaking crazy here. The I, I could see the 49ers win this game by like 20 points. Like Eagles just running out of juice and the Niners just coming out fucking like this is a big moment for them because it is. There's no arguing that. It's a bigger moment for the 49ers than it is the Eagles. Not that it's not a moment for the Eagles, but when you factor in the last whatever – 
10 days, it's way and what it means big picture for the Niners to come back because more than likely the Niners are going to have to come back in the NFC Championship game to for Kyle just to like do what he's been doing, beat the shit out of people, which is going to be hard because we go, well, that's probably not how the playoff game is going to look. And I don't really know what you learn because when the Niners play like that, we know their high ends really good. Yeah, but I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. To You're win saying you would game. learn more about them if they win a, a a game where they actually have their B game, but it's kind of gritty and grimy, and they don't get to play from ahead. I agree with you. Yeah, just like you learn more about a person in adversity than when everything's going well. It's no now, p- part of that game was, uh, you know, Josh was making plays with his legs that were pretty outrageous. Yeah. Like Eat Purdy's a good athlete; he does not have that in the bag. He might get the ball out quicker, though. Yeah, but if it's raining, it's harder to throw, right? And, you know, back to the Purdy thing. I mean, a rain in Levi Stadium is a little bit different than, you know, Philly rain, I would say. To me, it's this is a – my comp, John, it's the Browns game with more scoring because it's just – even though the Browns' defense is better than the Eagles' defense, because of their defensive line, the level of physicality required – to pro- and the and and the and the mental stress of protecting Brock on every play is still going to be really high. The yeah. crowd's going to be the similar. It's like the attitude is going to be similar. Their team has the same confidence that like Cleveland's defense has. Um, and I think you know not only to your point, you win the game. It's your only shot at getting the one seed because here we are talking about rest versus being worn out. The one seed, it's not just the home field advantage. It's the bye, which we've seen the Niners against the Jags when they had that bye. Like, they looked incredible. Both of these teams, just based on what we've seen already this year, are going to – one of them is going to be so thankful for that bye. Um, But also, maybe, maybe if you beat them, you can finally get it to break a little bit. Maybe Dallas gets them the next week again. You know, people think Philly's lucky right now. Well, they, I mean, no great team has ever won without getting breaks that go their way, but taking advantage of breaks too. Like you take advantage of it. Maybe if you can break it just a little bit, maybe it causes another loss for them. But the other thing, I I do think the point differential with them, I don't know what you make over like a smaller sample size. To me, once you get to like December, it, it is pretty indicative because. You're going to play a lot of teams if you're a really good team who aren't nearly as good as you, and you should in the NFL. It's not college. You're not going to win 60 to zero, but you should have some 30 to 10 wins. And if you have three or four of those and you end up being a nine and two team or like them 10 and one, that point differential should be easily over 100. And they just haven't had any of those, which is a little weird. And it gets back to the Jalen thing that they, they have just started really slow in all these games. And whether it's his injury, whether it's the new coordinator, whatever it is, it hasn't mattered because they turned on in the second half, which is there any team in the league that wouldn't trade places with them? Shittier point differential for their record? Of course not. So this is not, this isn't like, uh, <laughs> it ultimately doesn't matter, but it is indicative of what these people, like I do, I do agree with the analytical community when they say like, this is an outlier situation, what we're yeah. seeing. Yeah. Like I saw some of the DVOA guys, other teams that have been 10 and one. It was like a Broncos team and one other team. And, and this Eagles team that they, they were all saying like much better. And partly because you believe in what you've seen before. I think the 2012 Falcons team was one of them. Remember that was the team that the 49ers beat in the NFC championship game mm-hmm. with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan to go to the Super Bowl. Got away with a Mar- holding in the red zone. Yeah. 
clearly this this team's better like than that team. But it, it is something to just eventually you lose one of those games if you just play in enough one of these kind of swing back and the Niners just don't really plan them. They played in blowouts and then they've lost the close games. Yeah. I, this is like the, I agree with you. It means something, but my attitude this week is. But la- last year they dominated those games. Last year they were beating. Right. Remember they beat the shit out of everybody. I know. They, I, all last I know year is, they look like the Niners. This year they haven't. I just know that they have proven this year they can win those games, and I think the Niners can win those games, but they have not proven they can win that game. And so I'm not going to use the fact that the Niners beat the Steelers and the Jags by a combined 64 to 10 to be the thing that puts them over the top this week. Have you ever seen a team that uh, it doesn't happen? I guess maybe if you follow a team really closely, the yardage comes up. I don't remember, unless yardages are stupid high, like, God, they had 700 yards of offense. But it's rare that you celebrate, like, we had 420 yards of offense. That's what the Steelers did. It's like, guys, you had 16 points. Like, they're like, God, we're, you had 16, you scored, you won the game 16 to 10 against Jake Browning, but they're elated. I mean, that's, that is one of the Niners' better wins this year on the road, beating the shit out of them. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's a team that's celebrated. I'm not trying to diminish. Like, the Niners beat the crap out of them. That's, no one's trying to, like, act like this Niner team isn't the real deal. Or the Eagles. Both, ha- I think, have some flaws. Right now, the Niners' safety position is somewhat concerning in their DBs. The Eagles just overall linebacker DB unit. Clearly, their offense, like, their offense isn't a problem, even when it has three and outs. And they do have some. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani less season long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash for example this week on prize picks you can go anthony edwards more than 29 points and nikola Jokic more than 10 rebounds playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks keep an eye out for the starred players on the board and you could receive a 10 percent payout boost if they're in your winning lineup so right now download the prize picks app and use the code ham50 for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars Prize picks, code HAM50, first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you... Free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. 
Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because one thing we get a lot is like Jalen versus Purdy. And I always, I get tweeted this, DM'd it when we see it on the stream, like the numbers. My barber asked me today, John. Do you know what we never talk about and I never think about? But it's like, Mm. it's a dramatic. Jalen has 11 rushing touchdowns. 11. So if Jalen gets to 30 passing touchdowns, give or take, he's going to add another 15 plus rushing touchdowns. So when I was thinking like, him and Purdy have similar. Jalen is also like a kind of version of Lamar Jackson as well. How did they just win the Bills game? He fucking ran it in. They ran the play was literally just quarterback draw, which right. is a potent play for them against the majority of teams that don't have Fred Warner. I'm not. It's going to be harder to do it this week, but like he's like the more I thought about it, and, and to me Purdy is an MVP candidate. But when we talk about him, like we can't you know, subjectively not include that. Like, that's an objective fact. He brings an element that Purdy, who is a really good athlete, and is like this athletic Drew Brees, but he's not like, uh, he's never going to have 10 rushing touchdowns this season. Jalen has 10 before December every year. And he's I mean, a major part of this game, right? Like, if, if if we went down the list that picked the five most important players in this game, I mean, Fred Warner would have to be on the list in terms of just, somebody's going to have to tackle Jalen Hurts. Keep an eye on Jalen Hurts. It feels like it's a matter of time in every game before he kills you on a play. And unlike uh, Lamar Jackson, Jalen has elite guys to throw the ball to. Right, exactly. He's got 50-50 ball monsters. And a dude that nobody can catch. I mean, if you can catch Devontae Smith, you can body slam him, but you got to catch him. So I think this game is, I I mean, the MVP is kind of on the line here. I think Hurts, I've not looked at the odds today or in a while. I think Jalen, given the fact that they're 10-1, and 1, if the Eagles win on sa- on Sunday, then I think the MVP is probably going to end up being his, right? The quarterback who accounts for offense on a 14-2 and two team is generally going to be the MVP when you're as dynamic as he is. Even if you look up, you're like, oh, he's, I don't know what his season completion percentage is. I just know every time I watch him, he makes his highlight reel is going to be as good as anybody's highlight reel. Yeah. He was 55% the other night against the Bills. I would imagine his season completion percentage is probably 64. But um, now if the Niners win the game. 67. 67. All right. That's he's an MVP. He's the MVP if they win this game because they're going to be 14 and 2. And he's going to throw how many touchdowns is he going to throw? 
Well, he's got 18, 18 now, so he's got six games okay, left. No, now, it probably be like 28. But 28, what, but he'll run what another. If he run, what if he runs for 15? 17? He's got yeah, a legend. Now, if the Niners beat him, then maybe Kyle Shanahan turns Brock into the MVP. If the Niners beat him, maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan delivers the first running back MVP since Adrian Peterson. If the Niners beat him, maybe he still has a great year and goes 14-2 and two and still wins the MVP. But I think a lot of what happens in this game, the Niners have just big time. McCaffrey can have a game, or if Brock can have a game, then you do it again against the Ravens, and you somehow get the one seed. The Niners can really get MVP ball rolling in this. And I think Jalen, Jalen, I think, is the most likely guy to get the MVP. Even if they lose the game, they still go 13-3 and three at worst. I wonder if Christian could get back into it because statistically, oh, yeah. he's got a thousand yards almost. He's got eleven rushing touchdowns. He has five in the air, and he already has forty-eight catches. So if you rush for sixteen hundred yards, league, right? Leading the league in rushing. Yes, yeah, six. Let's say sixteen fifty, and let's say he gets to seventy plus catches, and he goes off these next couple weeks against the Eagles, later against the Ravens. You know he's gonna. I would say Goose's numbers a little bit against the Arizonas of the world, right? Seattle, again, their defense isn't great, and obviously they they play well against the Rams. I, I would say he could throw his hat back in. I, it doesn't feel like he's in the mix. Like everyone's just acknowledging, like first-team All-Pro, best running back. But I, I think when you just talk MVP, he kind of fell out of favor after a couple – just his statistic, you know, the games weren't as good. Part of it, like, they just weren't as good on offense – uh, but I, I do think he could easily throw his hat back in the ring with 150 yards and a couple touchdowns in, in this, where he's like, was he the best player in the field today? That, that I mean, there's a lot of like, was he the best player in the field? Because you're right. If Jalen's the best player in the field, throws for two touchdowns, runs for another two, like it, it's going to be pretty hard. Like he might just win it. Like it, it might be unofficially over. Well, just think about it. What I said with the record, like he's going to go 14 and two. Yeah. Well, if, if they if the Eagles win this game, it, 15. I mean, they go 15 and one. Yeah, 15 and two. 17 games. Yeah. Old math. Yeah. I mean, he honestly, he wins it last year if he doesn't miss those three games with the injury, right? The game just kind of went to. Eagles, have, Eagles should have like multiple quarterback MVP. Carson was going to win it the year he got hurt, which would have been crazy to look back on a Carson Wentz MVP. <laughs> what would have been crazier, Carson or Derek? Carson's year would have been like would have lived would have like measured I, up over. The- I'm saying aged, <laughs> like what? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you watched the other day. Derek looks terrible. Will they play the Lions this week? Who does? The Saints. Like the Niners and the Lions. Here's the other part of this game, John. The Niners and the Lions have the same record. Now the Niners have the tiebreaker right now based on NFC winning percentage. I like the Lions but, in that game. Yeah, so you lose like you could end up not just not the one seed, but also the three seed pretty quickly if you lose this game. Yeah, which is worth back where you were a couple weeks ago. I guess they've played the Packers twice, huh? I do think the the Lions could. I don't know. Actually, no. They have the Saints, the Bears, I, I Denver do games a little harder. Vikings, Cowboys, I'm, Vikings. But I got I got my first Lions moment of the year last week, and I think we got another one coming. But but they're still getting to twelve, right? Yeah. If they're nine and three, and you're eight and four, then they're nine and three, and you're eight. Like they, yeah. Packers so, sneaky plan kind of good. 
Well, I mean, are they? Seattle's, Seattle's no lock to make the playoffs. I think the Packers are going to make the playoffs. As the Minnesota, 17? I haven't looked at Minnesota. Yeah, well, yeah. It would be the Minnesota could fall out of there. Well, I guess who would be the six too? I guess the the Rams are alive as well. The the Rams are alive as well. The NFC after the after the Cowboys is not great. No. Well, actually, before the Cowboys, too, if you're looking at the standings, if you're looking at the playoff standings. Yeah, yeah. If you kick, south. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other part of it is you texted me, like, this is – I saw people uh, – was it yesterday or Sunday? Like, ah, yeah. Tepper should have hired Wilkes. Um, things settled down post-buy. Wilkes went to the field. Niners look good. But Wilkes could flex a little bit this week, you know. I'm not. I don't want to take your take because you texted me today. But this was the guy Kyle picked, and now here he is. You know, your defensive coordinator, your Dick LeBeau's, your Vic Fangio's, like they kind of get their swagger in these games against sweet QBs, right? Like, what do you do? What did Belichick do in the Super Bowl against the Wonder Kid? I guess it's technically Wonderkind, Sean McVay. Like he dominate dominated him. This is kind of these are the types of games where DC that your your Jim Schwartz's of the world. Rex Ryan's like they live for games like this, right? Is there a chance I watched a little Tepper today? What if he's like, God, <laughs> I should have just hired the guy. And uh, what if they just go on this run and the defense starts looking good again and he just rehires them because he already knows them? It's just kind of easy. There are not many great candidates. Schefter said yesterday to McAfee there are going to be like seven to ten openings. Who the fuck? Are, there aren't seven. I'll tell you this, William Belichick becomes a lot more fascinating. Like, are six of those teams going to be, is his bidding going to go up, right? I mean, would the Bills fire McDermott for Bell if he's going to get fired? Like, things get weird fast. There are not, it does not feel like there's a million Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay as coordinators. And and last year, the Lions guy declined stuff. Now, that probably usually doesn't, you know, D'Amico did that once upon a time too, but he can only take one job. And some of these teams aren't going to take them. So you just wonder, as someone that thought like, God, is this guy getting fired at the bye week? Well, things change. Things change fast. And let's face it, like if they would have had someone else on staff, it would have been on the table. Things were got weird, and they got weird really quick. And it started with Kyle. So I, I don't regret saying anything we said about that. Kyle created that by clearly not being happy because his players weren't happy. It was it was awkward. You know, usually people lie through their teeth. Dayball, love wink. No, you guys hate each other. Th- that was like, what the fuck did Kyle Tepper, just say? Love Bryce. Yeah. We were We'd all draft him again. That's what he said. Well, what's he supposed to say? He can't what's redo that? it. He's fucked. So may- maybe Wilkes, maybe the Niners look like geniuses. All of a sudden, Wilk, I mean, if there really are eight head coaching open- openings, he's probably getting some interviews, you would think, if, if would things think. keep going well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And any equity he has as a, as a head coach, isn't necessarily connected to his equity as a defensive coordinator, right? Like he might be some like the argument would be maybe I'm a better head coach than I am a defensive coordinator. Doesn't usually get you a job, but but I mean, let's look at two of the better coaches in the AFC. What what do they do on game day? Tomlin and Harbaugh call timeouts. Like what? And Sirianni. And Sirianni, but at least to me, Sirianni is very heavily in the game plan on offense. Like I, I know, like he's going to me. I, I don't 
Tomlin and and especially Harbaugh. Like, what what are they doing? Well, I mean, we, I, I, it's crazy to say. Like, those guys are proven leaders and been doing a lot longer. Than Nick, Nick is active in the game planning and the offensive. If you tell me John, like John Harbaugh's bouncing around, like what's I don't know. Special teams. Yeah, but what what are you telling Justin Tucker? Like, hey man, try not to slip when you kick. So, like Ben Johnson, right? The Lions' offensive coordinator. I saw Schefter said on McAfee on Monday, him and Brian Johnson, the Eagles OC, will be candidates. Um, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. How many quarterbacks have gotten as good as they've gotten that required the level of development that Jalen Hurts required? Right? He's like a developed quarterback. Right? He, whoever you give the credit to, and most of it goes to him. Maybe it's his QB personal QB coach. But if Brian Johnson leaves in 2024, Jalen Hurts will then have his fifth different play caller in five years because he had Doug. He had Sirianni slash Steichen year two. Then he had Steichen year three. Then he's got Brian Johnson year four. Then he's got somebody else year five. Brian Johnson's going to get a head coaching job this no, year. No, but I'm just saying, like, if you got Three, the, uh, two months ago, everyone wanted the guy fired. John, I, I understand, but the the – the MVP of the league's OC usually gets a job eventually. Yeah. I mean, after one year, and I also think people are going to go again. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I think I probably, I don't think it's likely. I agree with you. I do agree. But, I, but I don't even blame Sheffer. Who else? Who, who's the candidate? Like do the Niners don't have one. Do they? Another What's offensive guy. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would, would Bobby Slowick get a job? Would he get a lot of credit for CJ? This Hell year? Yeah. Yeah. Is Bobby Slow getting interviews if there are eight openings? Feels like he would, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm, whoever Mike McDaniel's right hand guy is in Miami, but th- this is we're not. Th- there's not like these high level. You know, there are some. You know, Flores. I know he sued the league, but I think it's pretty clear Flores is pretty good defensive coordinator. Like Flores knows what he's doing as a coach. Now his personality, you know, <laughs> does he get along with quarterbacks and stuff? But it's going to be very, very weird and awkward. That's where I think the Niners can benefit. Like Steve could just someone needs to get hired somewhere. So I, mean, I just I don't if Harbaugh doesn't come to the NFL, I, I just I don't see the candidates. There aren't just no brainers. David Shaw, I saw the last there was I just got a bleacher alert that he's been linked to the Raiders job. I feel like Mark would be more likely to keep Antonio Pierce than uh than hire him. John Gruden got connected to like the Indiana job. I saw that. That'd be awesome. Lincoln Riley, right? Mm. Lincoln was asked the other day. He said no, but if you're the Bears and Caleb says, I need Lincoln, what do you do? Caleb just OTA start uh, April 30th. But who's in charge? Who, who? Virginia McCaskey. Like, no, sorry. it's um, C- Caleb. It's the it's the it's the commissioner from the big. Oh uh, yeah, K- Kevin Warren. Yeah, I can't imagine he's Poles. Is Ryan Poles getting to hire the coach? Well, that's the thing. Why you know Harbaugh might not be an option there, right? They butted heads when Kevin Warren wanted to cancel football forever, and Jim Harbaugh and, and Justin Fields said, "Fuck you," and they said, "We're and playing." All the parents and all the parents. As the SEC was like already seven games in, SEC's like we're, we've already got three. We were, yeah, I don't, the, can't even CFP relate. CFP were the top ten teams. Um, 
one other thing I wanted to bring up today was just that the NFC kind of lacked with the, with the Seattle Niners falling off, with the Rams having their second bat a second straight bad year. Um, the NFC, ha- like, what are the best Ra- Rams are Ra- Rams? No, kind of right of the ship. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I, um, no, I know what you're saying. That They're wasn't not, an anti-Ram standpoint. I, what I'm yeah. getting at is just a, a big NFC rivalry. Yeah. Niners Cowboys. You know, you could roll that thing out at any time of day, any day of the week, any week of the year, and it would rate like a rivalry. And it is one. The Niners just own it right now, but it's a rivalry. It feels like a big ass game every time those two teams play right now because they're both two of the best teams in the league. Uh, Niners Eagles last year met for the, I think it was the second playoff meeting ever when they met last year. So now we got another big game here. Maybe you meet again in the playoffs. Now that's four. They're both on their way to winning their divisions, which means they would play again next year too, right? With the first place schedule. Um, And there's enough like animosity that this is kind of feels like zero to 60, the rivalry in the NFC now. Now we'll see how the game plays out, but it feels like, it could, you know, with the right type of game, it could become that. Now, are you going to surpass the rating you get on Cowboys? Niners, probably not. Um, or Eagles, Niners. I mean, Eagles, Cowboys, because that's obviously a rivalry. But would you see the Cowboys rating on Thanksgiving? Here. I thought that's the worst time slot for us on the West Coast, the day game. It was at 40 plus, 46. What was yeah, it? 41. I think the, the morning game was 37, and the, the night game was like 27. The Niners, is, the Niners game. Maybe it's because people on the East Coast are just sleeping. Yeah, it's always weird to me that, that game doesn't rate as high. Yeah, not. I mean, obviously the the day slot is the premium slot, and they put the Cowboys there for a reason. I I, I was thinking today, could this turn into a little Cowboys 49ers, You know, back in the day. Now the difference was when you won that game, you won the Super Bowl. Right, right. for three straight years, they played, and the team that won it that last year that did not happen. It's almost like a trio of animosity, right? I'd even throw the Cowboys in there, which is good for the sport, right? Because you're just starting to get consistency of games. And even though the Niners have beat the – like the rivalry is one-sided right now, they're playing consistently in meaningful games. When they play, it matters a lot, right? They've played twice in the playoffs, the Eagles in the playoffs. If I mean, if you're the two seed and the Eagles are the one seed, you would play those two teams like potentially again, right? There would be a matchup depending on how it broke, where the Niners, Eagles, and Cowboys, one of those two teams is playing each other back-to-back games, which is incredible for the league. Right. Because once Rodgers went to the Jets, like the, the Niners-Packers game really meant something. It felt big. It, it was. It, it actually was much more consistent over the years because of the Harbaugh era, the Shanahan era, when we were kids with the Favre and Young era. And now hopefully we get this again with these, you know, with, with the Cowboys – like, let's face it, we, we can diminish them all they want. Their, their, their team is well-built. They're not going anywhere, especially the NFC sucks. And the Eagles are definitely not going anywhere. And it doesn't look like the Niners are going anywhere. So hopefully we get, for the next couple of years, all these teams playing each other. And it kind of develops into a little, you know, depending, you know, if the Eagles win the division and the Niners win the division, like, they're going to play each other again next year. Right. Right. You get that kind of uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, like, they got to play each other twice a year for felt like a decade, regular season in the playoffs. And that's when you just, the fucking league is built on the back of that shit. You know, <laughs> and that's like the one thing the NBA just purely lacks because of the mercenary nature of the players is like, mm-hmm. what is this? What's going on here? 
Right. You know, like, I, I'm sorry, you watch Chris Paul in a Warriors jersey. It looks weird. You watch Kevin Durant in a Sun. It's all just like, what? Kyrie in a well, David Stern jersey. outlaw NFL jersey swaps at the end of the game? I heard someone talk about it. Again, I get rid of the jersey the swaps, John. Player from the 90s was like, I do think it's a little weird. I get it if it's a completely random game. How many walls like, do these guys have? They're hanging like all a, these jerseys? If you're like a great player, like I get it if you're Tom Brady, people want your jersey and you just beat them. But if it's like, I don't know, Chiefs Chargers or whatever, and you're going to be on the Chargers for a while, the Chief, like why are you going to like this guy? This is not the be- other sports where guys just bounce around. You're going to play that guy for a while. You should try to create some animosity. Now you can say you're old man on a cloud. Things have changed. It, it, yeah, it's it's a little weird. Now, I will say this about the jersey swap. You never feel like, oh, these guys are just friends. They're taking it easy on each other. Like in the NBA, sometimes they'll just stand there. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? In football, when the game is going on, it feels very violent still relative to, you know, the times. It never feels like, oh, Micah Parsons really taking it easy on uh, Trent today. You know, they must be swapping at the end of the game. <laughs> if that ever uh, happens, you might as well just shut it down. You know what I saw the other day after the – I think it was Eagles-Chiefs, and they show, like, the players on the field. It wasn't a jersey swap, but the two guys that – you know who immediately talks? The kickers always go talk. It was Mariota and Gabbert were, like, handshake, hug, what's up, man, how you doing? You know, like, the backup quarterbacks, I think, always like to go. Always like to go talk, but – What time they make you get in on Wednesdays? Yeah. <laughs> How's the family? Oh, I'm seeing them a lot right now. Um, There was one other part of that rivalry I wanted to mention. Oh. Here's the other thing. Jalen's 25 years old. Brock's 23, right? Like, they're young. So if you've got two top 10 quarterbacks, they've got a, they've got a decade of being top 10 quarterbacks. What was the comment you just put up? Uh, what about Hockey Lee and Hertz's jersey swap? <laughs> that was a good, I did see that one. That was a good one. That photo uh, shot. Because <laughs> I, I do think the penalty discrepancy was like 10 to 1. In the first, the first half. half. Yeah. The Bills were also up by... 10, I think, or definitely a touchdown. Like, they were winning. Uh, but I think these two guys have a lot in common just in terms of how serious they take shit. And both guys, do you know Do you know what the all Big 12 first team and second team quarterbacks were in 2019? These two? Oklahoma and Iowa State. And then the next two years, he goes to the pros. Purdy's the first team. So it was Jalen, Purdy, one and two. Obviously, Jalen's only at Oklahoma one year, goes pro, and then Purdy's the first team for the next two years. And I, I do wonder, their paths are different, right? Purdy was begging to go to schools that laughed, you know, at him that Jalen was, they were opening their arms for, right? I mean, this is Alabama in the peak of their dynasty. And I would say Oklahoma was a very desired place with Lincoln Riley. So yeah. his his problems were first class, but he was told, you're benched. You're not the starter. Now Very that publicly. was that was sitting. Play. You were sitting in first class on a private jet, football wise, with Nick Saban in the Alabama program. But you were still told that. Yeah. And Purdy was once upon a time told by Nick Saban, "You're too short. You're not good enough to play here." So it's like, and obviously, and those I just think they're. You know, one guy goes second round, one goes seventh round. Yeah. Neither guy was anointed the starter when they got to the pros. People thought Jalen like the draft pick was nuts. Right with Carson Wentz. Purdy was an after. No one even talked. To, when you get drafted in the seventh round as a quarterback, people that go to your practices don't even really talk about you, do they? Like you don't even matter. Well, just Larry Kruger. He was the only one. <laughs> yeah, Greg Papa liked him. The feet. Oh, okay. The other similarity is once they each started having success. Now Jalen's further down the road. People didn't believe it. 
uh, system or, uh, you know, this, this is not real, right? That's Jalen got a lot of that. Obviously Brock's getting it to some degree now, but it gets back to when you're a later round pick, people don't want to believe it. Like this is too good to be true. When you're a high pick, it's like, Oh, no wonder you're taking high. Right. People have been dying for like a four touchdown game out of J- Justin Fields. See, I told you elite five-star premium guy. <laughs> if one of those guys had a stretch of football, like, you know, those guys, it, you'd get run out of the league. You wouldn't well, start. If you didn't know anything and just watch the Panthers, what round would you think that their quarterback, Bryce Young, got drafted in? I think they, like, their first couple guys were injured and they're on, like, an undrafted free agent from, like, Eastern Carolina. Like, is that, if you didn't have your contacts, you'd be like, is that PJ Walker? Yeah, but he, PJ's fat. I mean, PJ's just physically more gifted. I, I think you'd think, like, what is this a fan? He looks, it looks really weird. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's just, it's not, I do think the margin for error when you take smaller people and like his, like Purdy's small, Purdy's way bigger than him. Right. I mean, I I think it's very, very small and you get really risky really fast. And when things start going wrong, you know, look at Linscombe. Once he couldn't throw 98, it was like, God, this guy stinks. I mean, Pur- Purdy has Bryce Young by, I mean, almost three and a half inches and probably 25, 30 pounds. And I, when I view Purdy, I view him on the smaller end of quarterbacks. And he is a, he's like a power forward relative to a shooting guard relative to those two. Yeah. How's Bryce look athletically to you? Uh, I mean, I, I haven't watched that much Panthers. I mean, I would have like, given you my opinion, but I haven't watched that much Panthers either. Well, he's not a great athlete. He's just, he's not, Bryce Bryce Young is not like an athlete. I mean, I know he he's literally an athlete, but I'm just saying like that's, he's not yeah. for a smaller guy, Some he's a pocket quarterback. Like he's a quarterback. That's what he hung his hat on in Alabama. It was like throwing the ball from the pocket, which he was good at. Then you start thinking like, wait, this guy was going to do it at five nine, a buck seventy five, and he's not super fast. Kind of crazy when you start saying it out loud. And trust me, I, I thought he was sweet in college because he was, but now you start asking yourself, but the other guys like six three throws a beautiful ball and can move, and that guy went above him. <laughs> what? I don't know. Yeah, it's- I mean the other. Yeah, Bryce is de- Bryce is dealing is if we're going to be the one thing you'd have to say for him he's living in extreme dysfunction at the moment. But yeah, you're right, like fifty or sixty percent of the time. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised when a number one overall pick is wrong, but we're surprised every time. Yeah, it's it's it to me it's like uh, coaches because I saw someone I don't know if it was like USA Today or the Athletic wrote an article. It was like the NFL owners still don't know who to hire. It's like, yeah, no one does. Like, unless you're hiring, like, if you're like Texas trying to hire Nick Saban or hiring Andy Reid, it's any coordinator or any draft pick is a complete roll of the dice. You have no clue. It's easy to be like, God, CJ Stroud, if anyone thought he was going to be this good he would have been the no-brainer number one pick. It wouldn't even have been a question. It would have been like, well, do you want to then go with the upside of Anthony Richardson or the little guy Bryce Young? He would have the been Panthers treated. Would have traded twice as much for what they had to trade. The Bears just would have, would have taken another, 
Yeah, I think the Bears, right. they would have taken him and traded Justin Fields. So you just can't like. That's what's funny about it. The Bears are the win- real winners here. Yeah, well, maybe. Or maybe they missed out on C.J. Stroud. But think about it, We're doing it with, with Purdy, which we can argue, is he going to be a top five guy? Where he, I mean, right now he's definitely a top 10 guy so far th- this individual season. If everyone knew, I mean, Brock Purdy goes in the first round. First round. <laughs> That's where he'd go. <laughs> like, think about that. That's how valuable the position he plays. How high would he go right now? Team X, not a Shanahan team, not the Niners. I mean, guys, high I mean, go? Trey Lance is Zach ninth? Wilson's who can't play dead fucking in a Western go second and third. So, yeah, I mean, I think he'd go really high. Now, in those situations, would he be as good? I mean, there are a lot of other factors, but like if you just threw him in next year's draft, is he going in the top five? I mean, Caleb would go ahead of him. May would go ahead of him. Uh, would Knicks or Penix go ahead of him? I'd be hard-pressed to say yes. Yeah, I would too. I think Knicks is going to be a fascinating guy because I know he's talented, but I, I would say a lot like Ohio State. People are like, well, that offense, you know, what does it really translate? I, I think these next lot of eyeballs going to be you're going to the game th- Friday. I would guess how many – I bet there are, what, five, six general managers at that game? It's the only game that night. And it's Friday night, so it's you don't play till Sunday. It's actually a pretty easy one for GMs to get to because you could take off on Friday. We're at, wherever you are around the country, fly into five Vegas. o'clock Friday nights. You can get out. You can get out of Vegas and get to one of the other champ games or first thing Saturday morning. I would guess – is every team in the NFL represented and like several, if GMs aren't there, like number twos and stuff, I, I bet they're going to be a lot so. of stuff. You know better than me, but. Well, I was always told the SEC championship game, you have to have a representative and usually in a representative that matters. I, I think this game falls under that category when you factor in those two quarterbacks. I mean, you got a guy that, I mean, Bo Nix is being talked about now as the third quarterback and we can argue with Jaden Daniels and, and obviously Penix. I don't know where he ranks, but he doesn't rank like a, no one's viewing him as like a fourth rounder. So, I mean, I, I would yeah, not like be Penix stunned. Won. You're right. Ton of GMs. What did you say about Penix? Well, I was just going to say, I, I think Jalen Daniels might go ahead of him too, even though Penix could win the Heisman. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's Daniels, hard when you can't move. Is Penix going to win the Heisman? Uh, I think it'll be, I mean, it's those three guys. It's Nick's Penix or Daniels. Um, Votes already in with, or you get this, this weekend? Uh, they, you got the ballot. I think they put out the ballots the other day, but you have till Monday to vote. So you get to watch these games this weekend. Yeah, yeah. But Jaden does. Jaden's not has no game, correct? No, he's got three losses. I mean, it's but his numbers are ridiculous. It's like forty-two and four. Uh, but the thing with the the thing I wanted to say about um about Bo is where's my passing depth? I think it's like I, this sounds crazy. I think it's like twenty-six percent of his throws are behind the line of scrimmage. Because the offense, well, obviously, <laughs> you're saying they throw a lot of screens. Yeah, they just they throw the ball. I'm just trying to find it right now. But that, but here's the thing, and I remember talking to Andy about this with the Texas Tech offense with Patrick Mahomes. So you just press a button and you siphon all those passes out. So you just evaluate them. Like those passes are you don't even watch them. 
if you assume like if unless I tell you the completion percentage is like fifty on them, which it's clearly not. But no, uh, ninety five. Yeah, you you got it. So it's just it's basically like a free throw. I don't care. I siphon it all out, and then I just judge you on everything else. But he's not like Penix is much more. Their, their offense is much more aggressive down the field than Bo. Right. Same with Jaden. I mean, Jaden throws down the right. field. Same obviously so, Caleb does too. Andre. Yeah, so like, I mean, we could. I got all the numbers here from PFF. Um, twenty-one percent of Penix's attempts, one out of every five attempts, is over twenty yards. Bo's half that, eleven percent, and is, Daniels is seventeen percent. But isn't the argument that? I mean, I'm pretty sure Daniels has a couple sweet wide receivers at LSU, and obviously Nick's def, or I mean, excuse me, Penix definitely does, right? And Nick's does too. He's got Troy Franklin. I saw the one guy I was watching. Uh, was it Washington, Washington State? Yeah, I think it was. That they. How do you say his name? Adunze. Is that the wide receiver? Rome Adunze. They compared him to Devontae as a college player. Size, movement. I saw that I, comp, yeah. I, I was going to text someone like, is this, because sometimes, you know, the producer, you just throw it out there. Like, is this an NFL comp that they get it from? Or is this just like the analyst, Brock Heward's take? Now, Brock knows NFL people. Maybe he asked around. I thought Adunze is more, but if you remember in college, Devontae was running a lot of go routes, right? Devontae was open by 10 yards on all those. Th- well, not all of them, actually. He wasn't actually. This guy's bigger. Yeah. Like Devontae six one. This guy's what six three. Uh, he might be a little. Devontae's only. Yeah, Devontae plays bigger than six one, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I would guess six two and a half. But I think they listed him on television as six one and a half. He's he's not. Devontae, when you watch Devontae round. on the NFL, he's small. He's he's. This big. guy's not going in the second round. Yeah, but I think the difference of if Devontae had been doing what he did at the equivalent of Washington, right, like a power five team in the top seven or eight. Devontae would have gone in the top 25 picks, right? I mean, Devontae got dinged at the program yeah. he was at. Derek, too. Derek, too. If they had done, because they were kind of Penix and this guy, just that power, non-power five, and that, but it's hard. Like, say what you want. Like, Derek might not be good anymore, but that was incredible value in the second round to get a nine-year starter. And obviously, Devontae, you can't do any better. I do think sometimes a wide receiver, though, for every AJ Brown, Devontae, and a, there are a lot of like Ragers and just shitty picks, yeah. you know. So it's not like th- there's no guarantee for as great as Adunze is that he's going to remember the dude at TCU last year was killing everybody. And you watch him, he got benched last week for the Chargers. Well, JGR Sega Whiteside, remember him from Stanford, was a second rounder to the Eagles. Yeah, but part of that was this was the Eagles transition every time. <laughs> and he remember he was like not fast, but somehow ran like a four four zero, and the Eagles fell in love with him. It was like, bro, he did not. He's not that fast, but he Doesn't ran really, really fast. fast. Caught a lot of touchdowns because he was just a jump ball guy. But in college, but Tank you get Dell, a lot of he was that a second rounder, third, I think. Oh, Tank Dell was a third rounder. Yeah, third rounder. But he's where small. did Danny Gray go? Oh, I, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I'm sorry, I meant round. Tank Dell uh, was like pick eighty two, maybe. Tank Dell was picked much higher than Danny Gray was. Tank Dell was 69. Yeah. And Danny was Ta- like 150 or something. Tank Dell is 5'8, 165. <laughs> so, in fairness, no matter how good he is, a guy 5'8, 165, like it is hard to take that player pretty high. 69, yeah. I would say, for that size. But then once it's in the league, like, well, can the guy fucking play? Because T.Y. Hilton was another guy, small guy. You get to the NFL, you're like, holy shit, this guy's good. 
Right. And you, you, I'd say it's the opposite with Danny. It was like, God, is, I remember watching the highlights. Of this, you're like, God, this guy's got a lot of talent. And then he gets to the NFL and just doesn't work. Sometimes, but, also, but you know, I think like, sometimes you know right away. It definitely feels that way with him. Watch it in practice also. Because he, he feels a little bit, it's different. I mean, you watch more Pettis than me, but I watch a decent amount of Pettis. It has Pettis feel to it. Like, you know, it's like, this is just not going to work. Yeah, great. So, Dell was pick 69. He was pick 105. I mean, that's, you're talking 35 picks. That's that's a big swing. That's a round. So, I mean, you could argue, I bet the Texans would say, we had a second round grade on the guy. We just drafted the, you know, the first pick in the third round or whatever, second pick in the third round. That's essentially. How many receivers went ahead of him? Do you have that? Do you have the receiver group? I can find it here. Because I think sometimes a guy goes at the end of the second round, beginning of the third round, just because there's like eight receivers. And that's a lot of, you know, a lot of receivers get drafted. Well, slash other positions, (laughs) right? Well, well, yeah, well, I know. I'm just saying like there's going back to the Ayuk draft. It feels like there are just a ton of receivers every year. So he was like, I mean, a lot of a lot of receivers. So Jackson Smith, first guy, the TCU kid who sucks, Zay Flowers, Addison. I mean, I think Jordan Addison's pretty good. Uh, yep. Jonathan Mingo at Carolina. That can't be going well. Jaden Reed, Packers. I kind of like that guy. Rashawn Wright, Rache Rice. I think is how you say it. SMU Chiefs. R- that guy's R- pretty good. Yeah. Uh... Rache, how'd you say Rache? Yeah, he looked good the other night. Yeah, he he made a sweet touchdown. Oh, that's right. That's the guy that went, he went missing around. Uh, Marvin Mims, who's pretty talented, Oklahoma. Uh, Sean Payton drafted, and then he went. So that's yeah, he was that's eight. He was the ninth receiver. It's just that's a lot of receivers. This is like a lot of receivers. Yeah, you can be really good and go at the end of the second round or the beginning of the third round. There's a lot of well, dudes. I was, I would say, for example, like would the 49ers draft a guy five eight one sixty five at wide receiver? Feels like they would not be inclined. Not to that do. high. But I, or I just at all. Have heard, You're right. Not at all. I don't think like it's not really. I don't think Kyle likes that player. Like I what feel like if? he would lean. It's the like, Stoops kid. Yeah, he's getting drafted by one of those guys. I, I would bet. I'd bet a thousand dollars. That one of Shanahan's minions, so that includes McDaniel, LaFleur, Kyle, Sean, that group. Slowick, I would throw, I would Texans. I would him too. Yep, he he counts. Cause Casario, wherever Bill ends up, as well as Andy Reid. I, I think he is a lock to go in that group. Yep. I mean, breaking down the huddles at rookie minicamp, they're like, I fucking love this guy. How about how about Pete Waldron, yeah, Pete Carroll? Yeah, it's not really. I mean, they you know Pete. Look at you know he was a little more Ray Maluga to him than uh, little overachiever. He's not a big overachiever yeah. guy. How about uh, you? Either about are O'Connell. overachiever guy that you, it means something to you or not. I would say O'Connell. Look, Jordan Addison. I I, I don't know. O'Connell's six five. You know, I I don't. <laughs> how about uh, I feel like the Forty ers one hundred percent would draft him, don't you? Like they would, they would uh, feel good. I don't know what round he's viewed at, but like they would feel good about overdrafting him because they they want him on their team. Yeah, I mean, assuming he you, can like yeah, uh, you have to, like Ronnie Bell kind of already is that in theory guy will or will be. They need like a Jennings replacement. Uh, will they need an Ayuk replacement? I heard Kawakami. I was listening to his podcast with Barrows, Forty Nine ers plus minus, 
and like Barrows sounded pretty adamant, Tim too, that the relationship between Brock and Ayuk has gotten pretty special and that you don't break that up when you find it. That Barrows was kind of like, it made me think like this. Barrows just kind of know that they're just not letting Brandon go, that him and Purdy are just, they are just at the beginning of something special and you just, you you keep that when you find it. And his point too was like, look how long it took for them. They drafted this guy. They developed this guy. Look what he finally became. I think him or Tim, one of them said like, Kyle doesn't want to go develop another receiver for four more years again for Brock. It does make sense. Like if you're all in on Brock, how do you let his favorite target go? Could you trade for Britton Covey? <laughs> Britton only returns. Like they never let him play offense. Well, rightfully so. <laughs> I mean, look at who they're look at who they're rolling out. Yeah. In I fairness, know. I, I they keep around though. Make fun of them. I, I saw a headline that like I think Sirianni was banging the drum why he should be a Pro Bowl or return man. You talked Smith once was. You get a guy like that. If if I told you that like three of their coaches on the Eagle staff, Cubby's like their favorite player. He's probably. I mean, he's twenty eight. So, but he's just. I bet he's at the office, uh, crazy hours. Like, what? Yeah. Where, what do you study? Punt return. He feels more dangerous back there than Trent Irwin does for the Bengals. I don't. I haven't watched enough of Stoops' kid. I I don't know if Stoops' kid is a returner too. Feels like Oklahoma probably have some sweet returner. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's a returner. Maybe. I don't he, know. He is good, though. Like, he's a legitimate starter on a good offense. I mean, they were like the fifth yeah, offense. I, I'm watching, I watch him the other day catching, catching balls over the middle. I feel like, you know, you mentioned Britton Covey. Not that we're going like special teams breakdown today, but Niners have been a little susceptible on that if, on the return team. If Britton Covey returns one against the 49ers, that he did that against like Mario Cristobal. That Kyle Shanahan. He did it against that. Yeah. Didn't he do it against he did it in the Rose Bowl? He did it to Penn State, I think, didn't he? Yeah, because they were kind of out of it and he kind of just gave them a little life in that game. Yeah. He, if I did, am I remembering correctly, he put like a nail in Mario's coffin in one of the games. Uh yes, that sounds correct. <laughs> yep. And I, it might have been in Vegas. I think it was back to back week, like it was back to back games he did. He did it in the Pac 12 title game and the Rose Bowl, maybe. That sound right? How many years Mario been gone now? Two. So it would have been two years ago. Yeah. Who did they, who did they play last year? Do you remember in the in the Pac twelve champ? Who do Utah? SC. Utah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't on the team last year. He wasn't on that team. Yeah. It was Ohio he, State. He, he did it against his him. last year was Mario's last year when they played him twice and beat him twice. He did it against Ohio State, not Penn State. Oh yeah, he wouldn't have been on the team last year. Good point. That was Penn State. It was Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. That, that he would have played against. Did mm-hmm. they get killed in that Correct. game? Uh, they came back in that game, but still lost, I think. Oh, yeah, that was the game that they played the uh, the wide receiver at corner against like Marvin Harrison and Jackson Smith. Siani Vaki. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah. No, no, it guys. wasn't Vaki. Vaki was this year, but yeah. It wasn't fair. Because one of them didn't play, right? Jackson Smith and Jigma. One of them didn't. No, it wasn't. Who was the other guy? Who was? Yeah, it, no, it was it was Jackson. It, Marvin Harrison was like it was his breakout game. Like it was his holy freshman year. Shit, yeah. this eighteen year old. This is Marvin's kid. Drake Stoops, Makai Bernard. That's who. That's who went running back to corner that day. Drake Stoops has seventy eight catches and ten touchdowns this year. Oh, breakout season for the young man. He's Sam been in. 
He's been in college since 18. So he's been there 18, 19, 20, 21, 20. This is six year. So he's, <laughs> no wonder he loves Oklahoma. He's fucking been there for 30 years. Yeah. Well, matter of mm. fact, it's ready. He's coming. I don't know. I feel like he might get overdrafted. Kyle won't uh, yeah. want him that high. No, I could see I could see Andy liking him. I mean, one of the guys Andy's throwing to that Watson guy, 84, University of Penn. That's where the guy's from. Now, now he's tw- no, he's like 27, no. been in the league a while. Actually, ran, I, I Googled it the other day. I'm like, who is this guy? He ran like a 4-4. I mean, he's not like some little slow white guy. I mean, he's actually, I think, pretty talented. Yeah. But that's like who they're rolling out there right now. They're obviously not a, limited. I do think we can talk about this later, but I – I'm in the mode right now where whoever wins this Niner Eagle game to me is just, I mean, to me, this is not some hot take, is the Super Bowl favorite. Like, I think, I think the NFC is winning the Super Bowl this year. Well, they're definitely going to be favored in the Super Bowl, I would say. Unless, like, the Ravens win out and beat the Niners. Mm -hmm. But even if they were, it'd be like a one point favorite. Like, there's a chance the Niners or the Eagles going in the Super Bowl is like a four or five point favorite, right? Well, they would have, pro- you know, especially if you have beaten the other one in the NFC Championship game. If one of these two teams beats the other twice and just kind of rolls from here on in, yeah, I don't know if I'd go a touchdown, assuming it's like Lamar or Patrick. Well, but it's, de- it's definitely going to be more than three. If the Niners beat the Eagles and the Ravens, and are the one seed, and then beat the Eagles again, yeah, I kind of, I don't know it. Well, if the Niners were to get the one seed, that would mean the Eagles fall apart a little bit. Yeah, they might be a seven-point favorite in the game. Does every sharp then hammer the Chiefs? Be a lot of points. Uh, In Vegas, Chiefs fans are used to buying a lot of tickets there. It's true. They know exactly where they want to sit. They know the (laughs) sidelines. I got tickets... To, uh, I had to get forwarded the tickets to the Pac-12 championship game Friday, and they come from like the Raiders ticket office. So I screenshot it and posted and said, you people think I'm being sarcastic. You think Raider guy's kidding around? He's not kidding around. It doesn't say Pac-12 championship anywhere. It just says Raiders ticket off. <laughs> Looks like a uh, they, they sell a lot of those to people they don't, they don't know. They promised out-of-town tourism dollars, and they got it. Yeah, it worked. Got hotel rooms. It worked. It's Casinos working. Are not complaining. Casinos no. do not want to be a hundred percent locals coming to those games. No, I don't. I, I would say we want a hundred percent out of towners, right? Right. <laughs> Most people go into a game. If you're going to a football game, the championship game is a little unique. But like, just a legitimately a, a, a normal NFL weekend, right? That you that you build into your schedule five months in advance. Like, you're probably not coming Sunday morning. No. Hell, you might take like Friday. You might go like Thursday to yeah, Friday. I got to say Sunday. You're not leaving Sunday night, are you? Well, I mean, you can go Friday morning. You get Friday night and Saturday night. That's plenty of Vegas, right? But if you live around, I some of these people, if you don't live around there, you know, you don't go very often. It's so easy for us to go. Like if you're in Kansas City, if you go to Vegas like once every five years, even if you're not a big like partier, there's a million things to do. My question is, do you go home on Sunday night? I mean, the che- the flight's definitely cheaper on Monday, but it's going to be, you got to take a day off of work. Yeah. 
It's true. Working man. Got to get back. I mean, you could pod. I guess all these people could just do their podcasts from the hotel rooms. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they got better Wi-Fi these days. <laughs> all right. On that note, we'll Later. be uh, we'll be back Wednesday. Big week. So we're we're uh, hammering pods and YouTube this week. Everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.